Tonight we're going to look at the book of Ecclesiastes, and uh, I want to speak to you uh, about the topic on the fear of God, the fear of God. And uh, you know how to get to Ecclesiastes if you sort of split your Bible in half, you've got Psalms, then if you turn right, you've got Proverbs, and then you've got Ecclesiastes. That's the easiest way to get there. Ecclesiastes 12 is where I'd like you to go. And, uh, and we're going to read just one verse of Scripture, Ecclesiastes 12. And uh, look with me, please, in verse 13. Verse 13. It says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And it seems, as we read this here in a single verse, the Holy Spirit has summed up for us the whole duty of man. It is to fear God and to keep His commandments. And the fear of God is what I'm wanting to focus on tonight. It's the subject of the lesson. And, uh, and really, it's a subject that I think in the day and hour, it really is not addressed very much because these are pernicious times and perverted times. And the Bible refers to them as perilous times. And, uh, and the psalmist said this, he said, The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. And so when we talk about the fear of God, I'm not talking about the Lord waiting to crush us. That's what some religions teach. God's not in heaven and angry today. The Bible says of the Lord that God is love. And, uh, and at the same time, yet there is a balance. Paul described for us in the book of Romans, he talked about both the goodness of God and the balance of that, the severity of God. There is, there is a balance on those things. But I want to submit to you uh, that, that tonight God is not sitting in heaven and angry and just waiting to send the Lord Jesus to come down here and whoop on us. That, that, that is not what's going to happen, all right? That's not the next thing on God's timeline, if you will. And we know that Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And that's an act of love. That's not an act of anger. So when I'm talking about the fear of the Lord, what I'm talking about uh, tonight is that reverence that we have, that awe that we have, that respect that we should have for, uh, for the Lord at all times. And there are there's three aspects of this that I'd like to examine. And so I want you to see, first of all, that the fear of God, it is a choice. It is a choice that we make in this life. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 1. Just turn left. We'll turn to a few places tonight. Proverbs chapter 1, and I want you to look in verse 29 with me. The fear of God is a choice that we make. You know, when you were growing up, you had a choice. You could either respect your parents or you disrespected your parents. And I see that you all are still here, so it would make me think that the respecting sort of hopefully outweighed the disrespecting, amen, when you were, when you were growing up. I, I remember I said something uh, about my sister one time, and 
Uh, man, my mother was only about five foot, maybe three or four. She wasn't very tall. And, uh, and I was about 10 at the time, and I said something ugly about my sister. And boy, she snatched me up by the collar, popped me against the wall, and she basically said, you know, if you say that, if you say something like that again, we don't talk that way. If you say that again, you're going to pick yourself up out of the corner of that room right there. Well, you know, I, I learned this about my parents. They never threatened. They said what they meant, and they meant what they said. And I learned to come up under that. And uh, there was no, I'm going to put your name on the board. And then when they did that, oh, I'm going to put a check mark by it, and then another check mark, and a check mark, good night. Uh, my parents wouldn't have that. My, <laughs> they would, neither of them would have that. And so, and so uh, I, I had to make a choice as a young man. Uh, as a 10-year-old, I had to make a choice about some of those things. And you did too, I suspect, when you were coming up. And, uh, and, and having a good, healthy fear of mom and dad was not a bad thing. Kept you out of some trouble. And the same thing is true about this, the fear of God. And so, I, I, you know, the, the, the lesson tonight from the Word of God, I, I think ultimately might inspire us about some things and, uh, and hopefully uh, encourage us, if you will, to continue on in that light and the way that, in the way that we live. But here, I want you to look in verse 29. Notice here, wisdom is personified. You know what that means, right? Personification, that's another one of those figures of speech where you give human attributes to inanimate objects. And here, the inanimate object is wisdom. And, it's, and I think it's good that, that uh, it, notice, look at verse 20, it says, Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice. And so, uh, so God gave wisdom uh, the personification of a woman, that she was wise. And, uh, and, so, and so she cries in the chief places and so forth. And she's, she says, look at verse, verse 23, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. And then she's going to go on and kind of rebuke them in verse 24 down through verse 29. It says, for that, verse 29 says, For that they hated knowledge and did what? And did not choose the fear of the Lord. So they disregarded her reproof. They said it not all of her counsel when she tried to help them. And so when their calamity is going to come, the scripture says that wisdom is going to laugh. When your fear cometh, I'm going to laugh because you did not choose the fear of God. So clearly here from, from these verses that, uh, that, that they did not choose that and, that and that fearing God and fearing the Lord is a choice that we make. And, uh, and their rejection reveals two things. They hated knowledge and they had no respect for the things of God. And that, and that is a, as, as what David wrote in Psalm 36, that their behavior, it spoke to his heart and said there was no fear of God in them. And, uh, and so there's a lot of things. Life is not about destiny. You're destined to do this. No, life is about the decisions that we make. Life is not about chance. No, life is about choices. And the decisions and choices that we make, they have consequences, don't they? They have consequences. And here's the thing. We are, we are agents of free will. That means that we're not little robots. What that means is, is that God has given us, if you will, 
the, the ability to make our choices. We have a will and we can exercise it, but then God does what? He holds me accountable for the, for the choices that I have made with that will. And, uh, and that happens throughout our days, throughout all of our life. That's the way it's going to be. He's going to hold us accountable for the choices that we have made in life. And, and the fear of God is just one of many choices that are found in the Bible. Did you know that generosity is a choice? That hilarious giving, brother, that cheerful giver, doing it with cheerfulness and, and, uh, and with liberality, those are choices that we can make. Uh, I, I mean, obedience is a choice. You know, it's it. Uh, you know, Joshua's words. Remember what he said over there in chapter twenty-four. He said, "Choose you this day whom you will serve." That was a choice that they could make, and humility is a choice. We can either walk around with a spirit of pride and so forth, or we can choose to clothe ourselves with humility having that yielded spirit about us, that submissive spirit. And so uh, I believe clearly here that the, the fear of God, the fear of the Lord, that reverence and respect for Him is a choice that we make, that all people make. I remember before I got saved, I wasn't thinking about God. I wasn't thinking about going to church. Debbie was the one that went to church first. And... Uh, and she'd actually had a couple run-ins with a neighbor about something the neighbor had taught our daughter in, in a Christian school. And Christy came home singing a song about my heart was black with sin until the Savior came in. And, and man, she wanted to know, who told you that your heart was black? You know, and so, so the neighbor came over and, and some of the details here are not, are, are not probably in their exact order. And it doesn't matter. Just that we weren't looking for the Lord. We weren't thinking about any of those things. We were thinking about ourselves. And, uh, and so after Debbie got saved, you know, it, it, uh, we, you know, things changed at the house and I went to church and uh, I didn't necessarily like hearing about why the Lord had died because of my sin. I didn't want to feel responsible for that. I mean, I was really rejecting everything that I was hearing because it was getting personal. And I was making a bad decision, a bad choice. But I kept going and the more I went, or after I went and God let me believe that verse in Revelation 20 where it said, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. That kind of got my attention. <laughs> and because uh, uh, this thought came to my mind and said, you know, what if she's right and the preacher's right and you're wrong? Hmm. Man, that, did, that didn't look good. And I leaned over and I said, I wonder how you get your name in that book. <laughs> Because I knew my name wasn't in the book of life. And so I kept going, kept going. And, and uh, one day I, I, I chose, amen, I believe what God said about me and about his son. And I trusted him, called upon him. And uh, I got saved on that Sunday morning. And then we, had, we went home and we made some decisions, some choices, because our eyes had been open to the truth. And, uh, and to walk with God. And so the fear of God, it is a choice, beloved. It is a choice. And I'm hoping that you're choosing those things on a regular basis. But I want you to know something else about it. It's also a consciousness. The fear of God is also a consciousness. You're there in Proverbs. Look, in, look Keep going left and look in Psalm uh, 139. It is a consciousness 
that we are, are, ought to have a consciousness. When you're conscious, you know, one of the things I would, I would check on whenever I had a patient, when I was uh, as a paramedic, I would be interested in your level of consciousness. And, uh, and uh, there, was a certain, there were certain letters that were uh, used with that. One was alert. Uh, that meant when I walked into a room, if you looked up at me, you didn't have to speak to me necessarily, but if you just looked up at me, that told me that you were alert to a certain degree. And, uh, but maybe if you didn't look up at me and I had to nudge you or sternum rub you or inflict a little pain to get you to, to say, ouch, well, you know, then you were just verbal. You weren't really alert. You didn't, you didn't pay any attention. And then the other one would be unresponsive. And, uh, and then the other one would be painful stimuli. You respond to pain. You pull your hand back when I, if I were to pinch your nail bed or whatever, you know, milk the mouse, you know, you know uh, take that little finger or whatever and do that and say, man, you were mean. No, I'm trying to help them, trying to find out where they are. In, in, in medicine, some things are painful that they, they do to you, but they're not harmful. There's a difference in those things. That's free right there, okay? And uh, so uh, what I want you to know is that there is a consciousness. In other words, when a person is conscious, usually you're aware of your surroundings, aren't you? You're aware of some things. And so look in Psalm 139 with me. I know you know this Psalm. Notice what he says, O Lord, verse 1, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Now watch. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. He, he says, you notice when I stand up and when I sit down, when I get up in the morning and when I go to bed at night. You're aware of those things. And he, and he said, thou knowest my thoughts, of, uh, you understand my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. He says, you're in front of me, you're behind me. I mean, and he said, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Now look, he said, whither shall I go from thy spirit or whither shall I free, flee from thy presence? David was acutely aware of the presence of God in his life, even to the place where he understood that, that the Lord was aware of his thought life, the Lord was aware of his speech, everything about him. And, uh, and, so, and so it makes a difference. In other words, there was an overriding God consciousness that David had. He, he said this in Psalm 10, it said, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Why? He's, he's not, he's not that, that wicked person's not reflecting upon how this might affect, how it might affect the Lord, how it might hurt his name, how it might affect their neighbors and so forth. And so David though was acutely aware that, that the fear of the Lord uh, or, or rather the Lord's presence was about him and with him everywhere he went, every step of the way. And beloved, you know, in those days, the, the Holy Spirit, if you will, the Spirit of God only came upon them during times of service and then he would leave. 
But for us now, man, he, he lives within us. Everywhere we go, we bring the Holy Spirit with us. He sees what we see. He hears what we hear. He knows what we're thinking, and he knows what we're saying. And David was concerned enough about that where he even thought, where it, where in another psalm, he talks about that where his conduct was important and his conversations were important because he knew that the Lord was listening. Have you ever thought about that word that we're going to have to give an account for every idle word? I remember uh, my pastor had this sign, uh, used to have a sign in his office that said, what if everything you thought or said was being recorded? And then at the bottom of the picture, it showed an old-time tape machine, you know, tape recorder. And at the bottom of the page, it says, as a matter of fact, it is being recorded. Everything about it. And David, his knowledge of that and his fear of the Lord, it helped to constrain him and restrain him. David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Why? Why did he say that? Because he knew the Lord was listening. He was listening. Imagine Jesus said in John 8, 29, I do always those things which please my Father. Why? I think there was a God consciousness that he was aware of the Lord's presence in his life. And, uh, and we carry him with us. And so it is a choice, and it also is a consciousness about ourselves. That it's kind of like what I, I remember, you know, in when I was in the military, and you have to go back a little further, you, you guys got in before I did, but there was something that it was called military bearing. Do you, I don't know if they used that term in the Army, but, uh, but that was used in the Air Force. And I had to learn about military bearing, sister, and what that simply meant was, well, I could tell you what it wasn't. One time I, I, they were having a shakedown inspection in boot camp, and uh, there I had my belongings uh, on the, my bed, on my bunk right there, and my very neatly made up bed and all. And my dad had, when he was in World War II, got a bad case of a foot infection, a blister that went bad, and he got blood poisoning because he didn't take care of it and so forth and the long marches they had to do and the like. And so he sent me off and he told me very plainly, he said, man, of all the things you're going to take with you, he said, you're going to take a bar of Desinex soap and you're going to take care of your feet. You don't take care of your feet, you're going to wind up like my leg. And I mean, he gave me the whole, the whole lecture on the thing, you know. And, uh, and so there I am and uh, I'm standing at attention as this uh, chief master sergeant comes by, I guess that would be like a command sergeant major is what that might be in the army. And uh, he, he had plenty of stripes, I know that. He had some going down and some that were going up. And, uh, and so he's with my drill instructor and, and he looks over at my bunk and the first thing he sees is my bar of Desinex soap. And, uh, and he says to my drill instructor, you better take that away from him, he's liable to eat that and kill himself. And they just went over there and snatched up my bar of soap, and I'm standing at attention. I said, Sarge, my, that was all I got out, brother. Nothing more escaped my lips. <laughs> and uh, they called me, he, that, that chief, he called me everything. I didn't know words like that existed, amen. I, called me everything under the sun. 
And, uh, and so I, I knew right away, they knew right away that I was not in possession of any military bearing. Military bearing would have kept me braced up regardless of the pressure, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of who it was that I would have said, hey, I'm an American fighting man and that I knew who I was. And, uh, and to me, that in part is kind of like what godliness is. It is an understanding of who I am and who I belong to. We're not fatherless, we're not orphans, you know, and, uh, and so uh, this military bearing that, uh, that, that, if you will, this is a Christian bearing, so to speak, and it is that God consciousness that says that, hey, I am a child of God. And I'm not, because of that, I'm an ambassador for Christ. I'm representing another kingdom. I'm representing another world. And, uh, and so that my behavior matters and my conversations matter and my, my, uh, my actions matter. And so it is a choice and it is a consciousness. But the last thing I want you to see tonight, uh, it, uh, you know, uh, the fear of God, it has consequences. Now, some of those are, some of the consequences are bad, the absence of the fear of God, but I don't want to focus on that. I want us to focus on the blessings, the good things. So, so you're there in Psalm 139. Would you go to 128 with me, Psalm 128? I'm only going to have you go to one more place after this, Psalm 128. I want you to know that God blesses the man or woman who fears him. I don't know of anybody that doesn't want the blessings of God. Is there anybody here like that tonight? Anybody out there watching that doesn't want the blessings of God in your life? Man, I want the blessings of God. And uh, I want to enjoy my relationship with the Lord. But notice what it says. Look at Psalm 128, look in verse 1. Blessed is everyone. That's man, woman, boy, or girl. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. Now watch. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. God honors the man or woman who honors him. And, uh, and, you know, and it goes along with this. Listen to this passage. The Lord said, Be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. That's 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30. God honors the man who honors him. I know of people that have sometimes found themselves in tight places or whatever, and, uh, and the Lord delivered them out of that circumstance, out of that situation, or it was a, a lesser penalty than what they first were thinking that was going to be incurred or whatever. Why? Because God was honoring them, using them. Why? Because they had been trusting Him. They had been fearful of Him, respectful of Him, reverence of Him in awe of the Lord. And, uh, and God's blessings, they are manifold. I've got some listed here, and I'm just going to throw them out there to you. You know, the fear of the Lord, the Scripture says, it's the beginning of wisdom. 
If you want wisdom from God, then fearing the Lord is the first rung in the ladder to gaining some wisdom that is from above. And you say, why is it that way? Well, if a man respects the Lord, then God knows that he can trust you with some things that he can use you then and put you out there, even though you might be like, Lord, I, I, I'm not wanting to be out there out of the front. And God will just keep pushing you out there. Why? Because you're glorifying him. You're honoring him. You're, you are respecting him. And you're causing others to do so by our words and, by, and through our ways. And God honors that person. It is the beginning, the beginning of wisdom. The scripture says in Proverbs 10 and verse 27 that, that fearing the Lord will prolong your days. Again, why, why would God give you a, a length of days? You know, you can shorten your day. You can shorten your life. The scripture says by overmuch foolishness. It is the sin unto death. I, I, you know, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know specifically, but I, I kind of think about it like this and sort of in human terms. And it'd be, you know, if I was misbehaving, you know, my parents would speak to me. If I ignored that, they might be tempted to take me into a, a, into a dressing room or a bathroom or whatever and, and kind of work me over, you know, to get my attention. And then if I still misbehaved, they were probably going to take me home. Well, I kind of think about that the same way, God in dealing with his children. Now, he's very long-suffering. I don't know when that day will be, but the scripture does say that there is a sin unto death. And, uh, and uh, who wants to find that out? I don't want to find that out. I'm not interested in seeing how close I can live to the edge of the world. And, uh, and so, but the blessings of God, one of those blessings is a long life. You know, uh, it was written in Psalm 91, it says what? All the days of man are three score and 10, that's 70 and four score by reason of strength. But the scripture says this in the book of Ephesians, if a man honors his father and mother, it's the first commandment with what? With promise. With prom promise of what? Promise of a longer life. Why? Because you've been honoring them. People like that, God wants to keep around. Amen? Why? That, so that they can have an impact and influence on other people. Influence is a great thing. And if you have it, you've got to use it wisely. As grandparents and the like. And, uh, and so I think there's something interesting here. It says, children, obey your parents as it is fit in the Lord. Ephesians 6. And, uh, and then it goes on to say, honor thy father and mother. You see, when you live at home, that's the period of time that you ought to be in obedience to them. You know, if you have a grandson living with you and you have rules in your house, then that grandson, I don't care if he's 25 years old, he needs to obey the rules. Amen, brother. I'll say it for you because it's true. It's true. Why? It's your home. You set the guidelines, you set the rules, they're living there under your permission, then they need to follow the rules. And if they can't, then they need to move on. Doesn't mean you don't love them, doesn't mean the door isn't open. It just means that you have certain guidelines in your home. You're gonna maintain those things. And they need to what? Respect that. That's what we're talking about. So that when, when they're at home, they ought to obey. When they get grown and they move out, then they ought to honor their mom and dad. You know, one of the way, pay your bills. Don't be a parasite. Be a productive citizen, if you will, in the world. You know, come to the house of God. And these are, these are ways that you honor your parents. And, uh, and that's a good thing. And, 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 you know, and as a result, you know, God prolongs their days. Why? 
because it matters to him. That's what I want you to see, that your years of doing these things, it matters to God. And God hadn't forgot about that. He hasn't forgotten. So it's the beginning of wisdom. It can prolong your days. In Proverbs 14 and 26, it says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. Confident about what? Confident about God's supply, God's protection, in the fact that he honors those who honor him. And confidence there is that hope that is steadfast and sure. I mean, the man that fears the Lord is probably going to have some confidence in this Bible, that it's true and that he wants to practice those things that are written here in. And it makes a difference. Uh, and there is a difference. Let me say there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Arrogance is more about self. Whereas confidence is in the Lord. And uh, you can be confident in him. Remember what Paul said? I can do all things. He didn't end the verse there. That would have been an arrogant statement. I can do whatever. I can just handle it. No, it's through Christ which strengtheneth me. That's the balance on that. And the Lord does that. So his blessings are manifold. And I want you to see this last thing. I told you there's one more place I wanted you to go. And that's the book of Malachi. Go there with me. Malachi. If you want to turn to Matthew... And then just go one page back. That should be the last, nearly the last chapter of Malachi. Malachi chapter 3 is where I want you to go. I want you to take note of this. Malachi chapter 3. Actually, it's in chapter 4. Malachi chapter 4. Let me look. I'm in the wrong book. It is Malachi chapter 3. I was right the first time. But I'm going to count it anyway because I said it was wrong. <laughs> All right. Uh, Malachi chapter 3. I want you to notice this. God takes special care. If you don't get anything else, I want you to, I want you to get this tonight. God takes special care in remembering those who have honored him. I want, let's read it. Look in verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. Do you see that right there? When you're with a friend or you're with a neighbor and you're talking about the things of God, you're talking about the goodness of God, you're talking about the faithfulness of God, Maybe something he's done for you and you're just, you're just bragging on the Lord. What are you doing? You're, you are respecting him. You are reverencing him. And you're making that known to somebody else. And the scripture says that God hears that conversation. And I don't know if he's got a recording angel. But he might be saying, hey, you see Ed down there? Man, I want you to write that down. There he is again. He might be standing next to the horse, but he's talking about the things of God to that owner. You see, hey, you see Brother Larry over there? And he, he, they think he's just here shopping for groceries, but maybe he's talking to somebody about the Bible, something the Lord did for him, provided for him, answered a prayer. And when, maybe when you're with brethren or whatever, and you're up here, you're cutting grass, or you're sweeping the floors, ladies, or doing whatever, and you're just talking about, man, how God has blessed him. God marks that down and has not forgotten that. Why? Because you, you, because you, I mean, you know, typically people that you respect, 
It's easier to love someone whom you trust and respect, is it not, than those that you don't. And the Lord takes note of that when you're doing that. Notice what he said, look at verse 17, And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels, I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Man, you're part of God's jewels when you do that. Jewels. I don't know what special recognition there will be in heaven for that. I don't know about the crown maybe that might that might be involved in that, but I just know this, that God hears that conversation. And when you and I are bragging about the Lord or talking about the faithfulness of God, there's an angel recording those things. And the Lord, because the why? Because the Lord wants to remember that about you and about me. Those are good things. And uh, you know, and 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 this last part I think is so important. Notice what it says. Look there in verse sixteen. I'm almost done. And it says, and that thought upon his name. Just like when you were kids, I, I remember um, that uh, our son he went. Uh, and daughter, they stayed with uh, Debbie's folks. Uh, we we had gone somewhere. I don't know where it was, but the grandparents were going to look after him. And I'm trying to think about how old Brian was. And uh, there was something that my mother-in-law wanted him to do. He and Christy to do. And Brian just looked up at her and said, "You know, Grandma, I don't I don't think my dad would want me to do that." And so Grandma did the right thing. She said, "Okay, no problem." What would he have you to do? And so he told her, and then that's what they did. And there was no hard feelings with grandma or, or grandpa or anything like that. And I thanked my son. Why? What was he doing? He was trying to honor me while I wasn't there. That's a blessing. That is a blessing. And, uh, and, and how that makes you feel as a parent, you multiply that over by the greatest parent that ever was how he thinks about us because we thought about his name that we didn't want to do anything to dishonor him anything that would cause the enemies of God to blaspheme that that's one of the things that says let as many servants under the oak count their own masters worthy of all honor that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed you don't want somebody on the job to say well man you know the, the next person I hire is not going to be a Christian because I've had nothing but trouble out of these Christians and so forth I, man we don't want it to be that way that doesn't bring honor to God I mean even even uh, even when even when Saul and Jonathan were killed you know what did David say? He said, tell it not in Gath. Man, he didn't want the enemies of God to be able to rejoice. Why? It wasn't about Saul's name. It was about God's name that David was concerned about. And it's interesting in one of the passages when David was talking about the fact, he was rehearsing the fact that, that uh, the Lord had chosen him out of that household. And, he, and you know what, how David put that? He said, he, said, he liked me. You know, uh, yes, God loves his children, amen. But he said, but of David, it was, and, and he wrote under inspiration, and the Holy Ghost put it in the book and said, he liked, he liked me. He liked me. It's one thing to be around folks that you have to be. It's, it's better to be around folks that you like being around. And David said he liked me. Why? Because I, I think David 
was very much aware about honoring his father, if you will, honoring the God of heaven. And, uh, and so it's something for us to keep in mind. The writer of Hebrews said, you know, for those that don't fear the Lord, he said it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's a fearful thing, but you know what? In my heart and mind, it's a far better thing to fall into the, uh, to the arms of a loving father uh, because we love him, we reverence him, we stand in awe of him. I mean, there is no one to be compared unto him. Amen. And, uh, and so I would just say, keep up the good work. And, uh, and the Lord will reward you for that down the road. I, I think he has already. Probably in some ways we could, I could get testimony from you of the faithfulness of God over the years and the way that he has ministered to us and, and the way that he has loved us, the manner in which he has. And uh, what an opportunity and privilege we have to represent the Lord to a lost and dying world. Amen. So the fear of the Lord, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And I say, keep it up. All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for my church family. And I pray, dear God, that uh, we may take from this, dear God, the blessing, Lord, that we have. Uh, Lord, knowing that you hear those conversations and you see our ways. And Lord, that the desire of our heart is to bring honor and glory to you. You said, David said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And Father, we want to do that as long as we live. We want to bring you glory and honor. And uh, we just thank you, Father, for making us your children through Christ, through faith in Jesus Christ, and loving on us the way that you do. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.